six-pack lap it at back and this time for the co-host the original the og the og the og team of king of the lifts is back randy cook how you been sir how you fucking been getting fat yeah 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 putting on some weight that's nice because you so leading into for anyone paying attention canadian national championships is the first week of march and also in March, obviously, we get the Arnold Classic. So there's a lot of people prepping. A lot of Canadians, obviously, are going to hit their nationals. And some of them will go down to the Arnold Classic, but it's tight. It's tough. You know, for that kind of quick turnaround, I think it's like a week or two. Um, so not as many Canadians going to the Arnold Classic, but you will see a lot of the Canadian stars peaking. But talking about the Arnold Classic... Um, Joe Stanek dropped something pretty interesting. He said in his his Instagram story, um, the Arnold Classic isn't as big as it used to be if you're A, going to the Worlds, B, live on the West Coast, or C, have done it before. And I, I shot him a message. And I was like, interesting. Um, expand on that for me, sir. Well, basically what he's... The big thing is, is you can't break the international records anymore. So That's people, huge. So people that... Not necessarily would have made it to Worlds, but have a monster squad or a monster dead or whatever could go there and break the world record without actually leaving the country. Um, it, it was a big deal. And, and I mean, the atmosphere of the Arnolds, anyone who's never been there will never know. But if you've ever been there, you'll see it's 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 the shit. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's the biggest stage basically you're going to ever present yourself on for people. Actually, you have like it's it's like a powerlifting meet. At the IPF Worlds, and I've been to quite a few now commentating, and um, there is not very many people in the crowd. You want to talk about a crowd, we're talking, if there's 100 people there, that's that's about as much as you're going to get. You go to the Arnold Classic, you got thousands of people in droves all over the place on any given time. And it's just like any kind of expo or whatever, where you have thousands of people coming in, and you have for real stars... Like, like the strong men, but not even just them. You got UFC guys coming in for like different expos and stuff. Like you have legit stars walking around. So just with the flow of traffic, a couple thousand people will stop and watch the powerlifting, if nothing else, because it's right there and they're passing by and they're like, holy shit. Well, you got the IFBB pros too. I mean, it's, 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 it's a big deal. It's everything. It's, it's big. It's anything to do with the gym world. I yeah. mean, it's, it's every booth, everything you could possibly, anybody who's insta-famous to just famous in the yeah. gym industry is there. And um, so, but, but back to Joe Stanix, what you had said, it's true that because it is no longer um, IPS sanctioned, so you can't do world records. And in this federation, and I agree with this, kills me when people are like, wait is wait, shouldn't matter where you are. This is mostly people in untested feds because they don't have this. For them, you could set a world record in Timbuktu. But for the IPF, they say, we need international judges. Um, one nation can't hold a meet. All your own nation's stars are there and all your own nation's judges are there. And, oh, you smashed 10, 10 world records that weekend, did you? We'll just take your word for it, I guess. No, that's not how any sport works with any credibility. You need to have international judges so everyone sees it and it's on the up and up. I don't get it when people try the argument, weight is weight, shouldn't matter if it's a local meet or an international meet. It does matter, man, especially for that. Every single sport operates like this. Your federation does not gain credibility by not operating like that. When people talk about IPF being, 
you know, it's like, no, man, this is the way it's supposed to be. But that I'm going off on tangent here. That being said, the Arnold Classic no longer being recognized as one of those events, and they still can be. It's not like they're being punished, but there's different hoops, and maybe they just said whatever. It's just easier to operate this way. Fine. Um, but with no world records being set, a lot of people like this is Joe Stanek's coach, or sorry, Joe Stanek being the coach of um, Yangtze Ren, who has the biggest deadlift in 83 kilo history, but never been to an international meet, world-class lifter, biggest lift 83 kilo has ever seen, he could have gone to the Arnold, Cla- uh, the Arnold Classic and broke a world record. Now, he's already got the American record. Why is he traveling out there? It's not as much. If he's for the experience, for the environment, maybe. But for some people, they're like, you know what, I'm good. I don't need 2,000 people watching. You know, it's more, I wanted the world record. I wanted certain things like that. And um, I believe he had said, too, if you're prepping for the world championships, it's close. You're literally taking time out of your prep to do it. And, and you know, some people might be like, well, you, you don't have to take the Arnold as serious. Maybe just go in there and have fun. Don't go all out. Well, maybe. But on the flip side, once you get on there, 2,000 people in front of you, stick to that, guns. Yeah, it's good. It's Try good. that. Well, it's, it's not like a, a normal meet, you know, where you're, it's, I mean, let's, let's face it, most powerlifting meets you walk in, it's, it's pretty low key. It's in the middle of a gym or something like that. And you're going to walk in and do high school do gym, high school gym or something. It's not, you know, Arnold's is, is a light show, music, people, the announcements. Arnold Schwarzenegger like himself will sit in there and watch. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it's, it's literally the best of the best in the world and anything to do with gym. Yeah. Gym. So, yeah, you're not, you're not sandbagging. If that was the plan, when you get there, you're like, fuck that. Well, it's, it's hard to sandbag it when you see, like, uh, Half Thor in there and, and, yeah. and, and Brian. and You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How, Eddie Hall, like, you're seeing these guys, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to sandbag my day. No, you're not. Yeah. like you're not, just, not when you get there. Yeah. You want one of them to go, you're impressive for a little person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Because like, you are little beside him. Yeah. And, and he could be talking to Ray Williams, by yeah. the way, saying that. No, um, 100%. And then, obviously, in terms of cost and everything, you know, a you you would want if you're on the west coast and it's going to take a chunk of like time off work flying out there there's t- even time zone differences and shit like that it will now not only that that's just for the americans now if you're canadian you got your freaking nationals two weeks before try to turn around two weeks later some people they've tried it and done it but kelly i remember kelly a couple of years ago putting up a big deal about this about how our nationals is right around the same time and it's Almost it's, like it's, that's, that's he, he was saying it's, it's just bullshit. Like to be able to get down there and try to break a record or do something. Good luck. Like, yeah, he's a two weeks turnaround. How, and then, how are you going to do that? And then my friend, to his to the to the point we just made two seconds earlier. Then you got world championships four months later. So you're telling me you're going to hit nationals two weeks later, Arnold's four months later, Worlds. You're fried. And the thing is, you're fried. fried. Yeah, I mean you're going to do the best you can at your nationals, but but let's face it, when you're going to the Arnold's, it's only to break records. Yeah. You're only there for one reason, so you're going to give everything you got, whether you sandbag a few lifts and go for one or whatever. Yeah. But you're still going to tax the shit out of yourself. So, on something. so here's what it is now: um, being Arnold Classic champion is awesome, but being a national champion now, I, Arnold Classic championship is harder to win than 98 percent of national championships. I agree with that. If you're coming from anywhere besides U.S., maybe Canada, the Arnold Classic is going to be harder to win than 98% of the Nationals. So I agree we're, that's a, that's a highly coveted title. However, the only people really going there are Canadians and Americans because they have Arnold Classics in Europe. 
They're just going to wait for the European Arnolds or the Australian Arnolds or whatever. So let's just pretend for a second here, it's probably going to be mostly North Americans. I think once or twice a Brett Gibbs flew in because a lot of people watch it because you, the Americans are the biggest stars in terms of Instagram and et cetera. So they're live streamed big and if you want to be a part of a big show, you might fly in. But you'll do it once and be like, yeah, it feels a lot like Worlds. I could probably just go to Worlds. So, but the difference is, when you win the Arnold Classic title, and you will have to beat the best North America has to offer to, to get it, so it means something in that, it qualifies you for nothing. <laughs> so, 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 and, all right, and here it is. What's bigger, the World Championships or Arnold Classic? Absolutely no question World Championships. So then, if you're going to be, if you're Canadian, it's, you're, if you don't win nationals, you don't go to Worlds, so that's an easy, all of our best lifters are not going to Arnold Classic because they have to win nationals or else they're not going to Worlds. So they're going to go all out. You can't, you know, you got to focus, go all out on nationals, have whatever pennies you have left in the bank towards Arnold. And if you're willing to, if it's a drive down, fine, but you're not flying if it's a flight or whatever. So that's why a lot of Canadians are like, well, guess what? We're out. And then a lot of Americans are like, if you're prepping for world, it's kind of the same deal where it's like, I'm going to drop a lot of dough, interrupt inter- you know, my training for worlds, and I'm already on the world team. Well, I don't know about you, but I, my old fat ass, man, I ain't, I ain't even waking up for two weeks, let alone getting back into yeah. a game to go down there and try to hit something that my, my, my best again. And if you're cutting weight, how shitty is it to water load, cut, do a big weight cut, you get a week off, you're water loading all over again. Like, And this is when you're trying to recuperate. And this is when you're trying to, you've already, you tapered into nationals. We're talking about Canadians around. Tapering into nationals. Then you take a week off of the meat. Then you're tapering again. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work anyways. And then for the Americans, it's still going to be, you know, with all the flight and everything. If you're going to go to Worlds. And yeah, it's, it's, it's become a good meat for environment. But it's tough. Now, that being said, if you look at the roster, you will still have the Russell Orheys. You'll still, Ray Williams is going to show. It's just, I... I hope, and I don't think we're here yet, but you know where there's an all-star team, NBA all-star game? And the stars show up, but nobody's really fucking trying to win. Well, the thing is about it is that it's, okay, so you look at the Russell Orgies, huge following for a power lifter, all right? This year he started out his own, uh, you know, training programs and stuff like that. So him going there and putting on a show might not possibly be his best. Yeah. But he put on a show... Might pick up a few more programs. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he's 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 Stay putting himself out there Stay with a couple line. thousand people. Yeah. At one of the biggest shows in the world, and so it's it's a I don't know. I think now it's more of a publicity stunt or or a way to build your own repertoire. Like it's something like that. that so let's so let's let's do the devil's advocate on that because there is other points why you would show. So you could argue it's starting to go the way of the NBA All Star team where the stars show up, but nobody's overly pushing to win. You'll see people openly come on here and be like. I'll go all out because, like, at U.S. or at any nationals or worlds, I'm only loading the bar as much as I think I need to to win. There's, I'm not going to go even five kilo over because if I miss and I lose that off my total, well, who gives a shit if the five kilos more was a PR? I'll stay less than PR if I think that's the total I need to win. Don't gamble. But the Arnold, you can go all out. You can be like, fuck it. Let's go. Let's get crazy because who cares? I'm, I'm currently the national champion, and my ticket to the Worlds is solidified. You might see Russell say, I give a fuck whether or not I win or lose. If I win Worlds in four months, nobody gives a shit. 
Um, load up that bar with 700. Let's see if I'm going to be the first man to hit 700. That's what, and it's still wrestler, it's still quality, and some guys will go balls out and be like, fuck it. Look at Ray Williams, has been the U.S. champion forever, and the five-time world champion. I know he doesn't want to lose, but on the flip side, if he's like, like it, you know, let's say you hadn't hit the thousand-pound club squat, that's that's an amazing point where fuck it, I have nothing to lose. It's a good place to do it, and it's good testing ground for your list. I mean, you can you could like you said, you can sound like a fucker to some other stuff, but hey, I want to see in competition if I can get a thousand pounds, and if the hype is what gets you there, you ain't gonna. And find, everybody's watching. You, you ain't gonna find more hype than that. This is your chance. If, if hype is what gets you there, it's not the the three friends clapping in the background. Yeah, it's, it's this is it right here, right? And and okay, it's not a world record. And even if it's the biggest squat of all time, whatever you hit a fucking thousand pounds. Not only not only that, or Russell hits it's the first eighty three kilo lifter to, to hit seven hundred. Um, it may not be a world record, but so many people watch that live stream that everyone walking around will be like, "That was seven hundred. And you know, I just said earlier. I mean, you need international judges, whatever. Because what if you're in the middle of Timbuktu and you're saying it's a world record, we have to take your word for it. Well, at least with the Arnold Classic, basically the whole world, powerlifting world, anyways, is watching. The powerlifting world's watching, so it's not like, let me scratch my head. Where did you set this quote-unquote world record? Nah, it's the Arnold, and everybody in the powerlifting world is watching. So, there is both. And I can see both. And I'm hyped. For, for me, as a fan, if you ask me, when I look at the lineup, holy shit, I'm hyped. You just want to go to meet Castleberry. <laughs> hey, Castleberry will be there. World record holder of everything. Exactly. Yeah, world record holder, Castleberry. But uh, I thought it was an interesting talking point, and I'm glad Joe put it up. I can see where he's coming from. I, I personally think we're not quite there yet where it's not a big deal. I would still fly and do hotel if I was a lifter where I was like, you know. There's a, but there's more to it than that. If you're just going for that, but I mean, if you go down for a couple of days, and I mean, it's... You're going to take a whole weekend. It's, 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 it's an event, man. You're yeah. saying, it's not just you. It's about seeing stuff too, right? Like there's a lot yeah. to take in. A lot of people go there. There's a lot of people that go there just to see it because there's yeah. a lot of people to be involved. Need to be I mean, you're probably coming home with 15 free duffel bags full of gym shit. Just yeah, that's it, right? true. And you will come in like, you want to meet people that you'll never meet before? You want to meet all these people that like, heroes. like, like all the, all, I mean, not just our sport, but all these other sports. And I mean, seriously, like I'm an MMA fan. They show up and they're walking around. Like they don't have to be fighting that weekend there or anything. Yeah. They're all there though. Like a lot of people come and they're accessible and they're there to take pictures and do PR. So it's, it is, um, it's a hell of an experience, right? Uh, so that's what Joe was saying. If you already experienced it, maybe once or twice, you're like, I'm probably good. But um, there's always new people coming in. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to do a preview show for it because of the lineup. You know, because it's going to be like, will Russell hit 700? Well, so there's a lot of people chasing the big round, sexy numbers like that. And you can see, you could, there's no way I want to miss the first 83 kilo guy who hits 700 squat. Can you imagine missing that? That's like, like that's huge. It's unfathomable just two years ago. That's unfathomable a year ago, maybe. So, if I think Russell's like, hey, fuck it. I got nothing to lose. I'm going for seven. Because he's hitting the gym and it looked nice. I'm watching. I'm watching. And, and that's just Russell. There's other people that can't come off the top of my head that are chasing certain things. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I'll watch it. Anyways. Um, two day. Actually, just real quick. Before we call uh, Miss Scanlon here. You are saying about the story. <laughs> Sorry, I got to bring this up. And laugh at your misfortune. But that was some funny shit. What did you do? So I started my day off as, you know, I live out in the country or whatever, and I'm not Mr. Recyclable, so I 
take a lot of things to the dump, like my garbage and stuff. So anyways, I loaded up the back of my pickup truck and I had an old chair that I threw out and I tossed it in the nice cold wintry day that we have and it bounced off the back of my pickup truck right through the back window of my truck this morning. <laughs> and the most people say, no, it's a, it's, it's, it's a window. It's, it's one of them sliding power heated windows. So oh, I, I, I know this is going to be just a small fucking dent in the fortune fucking going through there this morning and i was like that sucks but it was when you it bounces you if someone's watching like did i just watch that guy throw a chair through his back yeah like i was i did it this morning i threw it in there and i as soon as i heard it hit i was like huh that's probably gonna be a hole that's problematic yeah i I pull the chair back and i look and i'm like yeah it's fucking a big asshole in the back of my truck now god damn it and here's a saturday in canada you know calling anyone to come fix this i might as well just fucking pray to jesus this morning that he'll come down and do it because no one's coming to fix it and, uh, but if nothing else, training's gone well, you're stronger than you, you even know. I threw that chair like a motherfucker this like morning. Like a motherfucker, yeah, I, man. That's, that's a testament you're stronger than you even realized. Bro. I was literally a football field away when I threw it. Yeah. <laughs> you trying to regain ground here? <laughs> yeah. No. But, I, uh, but training has been going, so, all the hosts here on King of Lists are, uh, are prepping for the Canadian Nationals and, um, hoping to qualify for some national teams, just like any Nationals, um, you make a national team, qualify, and we have the World Championships, uh, North American Championships, Pan American Championships, and Canada's part of the Commonwealth. So we got the Commonwealth Championships as well. And this year, the Commonwealth Championships is actually in Canada. Um, so battling like the UK, obviously Australia. And like the, you know how many people are part of the Commonwealth that like, like Jamaica, India, like parts all over like an... Africa. Any, any, anyone that was ruled by the Queen, right? So Yeah. Which and the Queen's Empire that like they said stretches never, stretches vast. The sun never set on the Queen's Empire. It was all over. So many nations that you won't think like there was like like seventy nations in this shit. It's crazy. Like the, the Commonwealth Games. So the Commonwealth Championship coming to Canada would be pretty big. Making that national team for some people who don't want to fly out to worlds if you make a world team. because um, it's gonna be in Sweden. It's, the, it's, big. A, it's in the rock this year, isn't it? Commonwealth Newfoundland? Newfoundland. That's yeah. right. That's right. And um, so obviously the world's in Sweden. A lot of people trying to make that national team. And uh, the North American Championships, I'm not sure where it is, but hopefully it's somewhere high. Hopefully it's somewhere high. And the Pan American Championships is the whole this side of the world. All of North America, all of South America, all of Central America. A lot of strong Brazilians. They got a lot of world championships. Um, obviously the Americans, Canadian teams, whatever. So I don't even know where they're at this year. It flip-flops from North America to South America, but this year I think... So that's every two years. Commonwealth Championships is every two years. And um, they rotate, obviously, where it is. So we're getting lucky. In terms of the Canadian Nationals, it's going to be crazy packed. Because this year, the Commonwealth Cham- it's a Commonwealth Championship year and a Pan-American Championship year. And those only happen every other year. Commonwealth Championships is in Canada. And the Pan-American Championships is around as well. And then always have North Americans. And you always have Worlds every year. This is a very important Canadian National Championships. So we want the Canadian, um, all, it's, it's kind of cool that our hosts are all going to this. Canadian National, just also more stars aligning for us, are being held in Ontario, like five-hour drive away, which is nothing. Canada's massive. You could put all of Europe and Canada one and a half fold. So we're going. The whole KOTL team's going to all of our hosts. We'll be blogging about it. We'll post it up on the website. Um, keep you guys in tune. And uh, we just see where the chips fall. And see who makes what teams. And, you know, like, when it comes to nationals, because Canada's been number two in the world behind U.S. 
a couple a couple world championships in a row. We're number one for the Masters. I was just gonna say we we, we fucking blow blow balls in the fucking open. We got our first open gold last year. No, no, we don't blow balls. Come in second overall. We we got one world championship, but that's overall we're number two. Yeah, we're number two, but no gold in the open. Like our first open. It's bittersweet. I, I get I get what you're saying. Blow balls, little blow balls, little. I just mean that we don't we don't. We don't usually stand out as the golds. Like we don't. It's not like a competition of golds. It's like we're a. It's hard, weird. We're a hard silver. Coming we're a hard gold. silver. Hey, hey, who's coming in bronze? Who's coming in gold? Because we got silver. Yeah, you know. But here's. But the but you're right. The the M ones is is pretty dominating through Canada. It's weird. Our Master One program, we fucking we we we're number one almost every year. But I'm not entirely. There there could be different factors. But um and juniors. I think we're we're up there. We might not be number one. U.S. might have us on juniors, but we're solid. We're like around two again. Canada's a bigger powerlifting nation than people think, especially per capita. Yeah. We're so much smaller. We're one tenth the population of U.S. We're the size of New York City. Yeah, something like no. That. New York City's like sixteen thousand. We're thirty-five million. We're we're California. California's thirty-five million. Is it? And we're we're California. We're thirty-five million. Because um, the biggest cities in in North America, excluding Mexico, because Mexico City is fifty million, they're bigger than us. Their Mexico City is bigger population off Canada. But in terms of biggest cities in North America, you got New York, then L.A., then Chicago, then Toronto. And Toronto thought, and Chicago are right next. I thought New York was twenty something million. Maybe with greater uh, New York area, we're still bigger than New York as a city. Jersey. Okay, settle down. Settle down. That was offensive. Oh my god, I can't believe you right now. Um, so, uh, speaking of our American friends, we got 57 kilo U.S. national champion Meg Scanlon. She was 63 kilo, dropped down to 57. Um, we got a bit of background of her athletic background, and I can't wait to talk to her about it because this, she's fucking all types of mental tough. When you hear about what she's done, all like you want to be champ and you think you want it and you think you're a grinder. Wait till you find out what this young lady's done. You know? Like, she's been... She, she's done it. She's 30 years old, so she's had time to hit a bunch of other sports at a, at a fairly decent level. And hit that, and then moved into... And she does Olympic lifting the whole nine. So, um, let's give her... With no further ado, let's give her a ring. We're, okay, so I'm recording right now. Yeah, I was just telling Megan about Randy. I told Randy before we started, ditch the sweater, my man. He's a big boy. He's 5'6", all of... Uh, 250? What are you floating? No, two, about 220. <laughs> but slim 220. A slim 220, <laughs> that's right. A slim 220. But uh, but yes, listen, thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad I had shot you that message asking for a bit of your background. Because as soon as I saw um, 10 marathons, three Ironmans, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. You know, you, yeah. came, you came and you started powerlifting just a couple years ago, you had said, and very quickly... Yeah. Like, the U.S. Raw Nationals is the toughest Nationals in the world to win. And for you to win the U.S. Raw Nationals within two years is like, holy sugar. But, um, so you obviously have a, a determined background. But what intrigues me so much, right, when I, like, I love hearing about, like, marathon, the training and the, and the Ironmans. Because yeah. the training is absolutely such a mental grind. Yeah. 100% the worst part. Like, no one can tell you that the training part of it's fun. They yeah. would be lying. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I was clearly hanging out in the wrong sport for way too long. Uh, <laughs> but it definitely taught me just a lot about kind of like the training process. You know, I always played sports growing up. 
But when you're by yourself training for like a marathon or an Ironman, there's like certain amount of just like grit you got to have to get yeah. through it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and it definitely carried over into powerlifting, which is cool. Well, that meant that mental fatigue. I mean, they talk about hitting that, oh, yeah. hitting that wall and being able to get through that and continue the process. Like, I couldn't imagine in powerlifting if if you already have that you're you're that's that's the it's reason a joke. Yeah. it's the re- it's the reason why yeah. you won the U.S. Nationals. When, when someone talks about DOMS, like a muscle soreness, you'd be like, "Are oh, you yeah. kidding me?" You know, you you're basically the Ironman, especially you're uncomfortable for at least four to five hours straight. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just not having a great time <laughs> for some reason. You still do it yeah. through the finish line. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's. It's weird now looking back at it because I can't imagine doing it right now. But back then, I like lived for it, and I guess you kind of have to, right? If you're gonna do it, you kind of have to. Yeah. And like crossing the finish line was such a great feeling. But thinking about it now, I'm like, what was I thinking? I couldn't imagine going out and just saying, like, oh, I'm gonna go for a 20, 20 mile run, and then like a two mile, you know, two hour bike it's ride. Insane. Like, cool. So I want to yeah. talk about that training because um, I love that kind of stuff. But you know, there's a quote they say in sports or just in general. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. And for someone who hasn't been involved in a sport where there's for real fatigue, like yeah. in powerlifting, um, you know, if your nervous system's kind of fried, by the end of the competition, you're tired, but you're it just the weight just doesn't come off yeah. the ground. But it's different mm-hmm. where there's literally yeah. like I've read so I read a book one time. It's called A Fighter's Mind. And this one guy... just wants to, right? right. I was thinking about it too, but I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't word that properly. No, I didn't word that properly. And Randy's jumping on me because of the comment I said earlier about him being a heavy gentleman. He was waiting. He's like, you son of a bitch. All right, I got you. Um, So so one time I read a book and um, A Fighter's Mind. So the guy actually... um, he interviewed every chapter was a different athlete. And it was a sport where it wasn't a team sport, like you said... Just mm-hmm. a single sport, um, any he, like a from a boxer, a wrestler, you know, an MMA guy. But he also uh, went to an ultra marathon runner, and um, it, like you, you train by yourself, you perform by yourself. And the reason why he's choosing these sports is because the inner battles you end up doing to get yourself just through the daily grind, let alone the day of. And right. people don't fully grasp unless you've been there what it's like to like quit. When a powerlifter talks tough about never quitting, it's like, well, you really don't know. You've never been tested. Like, don't tell me your set of eights. You know, you had a tough set of eights, but you got back under the bar. Bro. Yeah. It's it's like powerlifting, yes, you train for like three months, and then you're on the platform for, you know, nine minutes essentially not even probably if you're not even taking the whole time but to see people like train for an Ironman and then be like you have there's a cutoff time right there's 16 hour cutoff time to see people say cross that or like get taken off the course that like over the 16 hour mark the only people have been working for 16 hours like sorry you're not in the shirt because you didn't make the cutoff time yeah my god that's absurd you know what I mean I used to get like so emotional thinking about it like if I didn't make that cutoff time you work for 16 I'm like, sorry, not this time. And the work you would put in leading up to, and like just seeing someone like... Well, anything in an Ironman, most people most people to do any one of the events will die. You know, okay, let, they will die doing any one of the events. Some, not, not combining all three, but to get through one. Some people don't know. So I just want everyone, because not everyone listening will know. Tell us what the Ironman is. So the Ironman, you swim first. So you swim for 2.4 miles. 
then you get on a bike and you bike for 112 and then you run a marathon. So 26.2. Holy freaking smokes. You run a marathon after doing all that. Yeah. Which is just like yeah. <laughs> running a marathon for me is insane to wrap my head around. So did you do the 10 marathons before you did that? Um, I did a marathon before I did an Ironman, but they were kind of like intertwined. And leading up to like, what kind of training are we talking? Like, how did you even get involved in terms of these kind of endurance sports? Question. So in college, I played soccer. And when I was still in college, but like soccer ended. So like spring semester of my senior year, I was like, I kind of need to do something. Like I can't just sit around because I've been so structured my whole life with sports growing up. But like, I don't do that well with too much free time. Um, just, I get very distracted. So I was like, I need some type of structure. So my dad ran when I was growing up. So like, I'll run. That's kind of like how I started running. So I started with a half marathon. Then I was like, well, this was cool. Probably should have stuck at half marathon or under, but let me try a marathon. Like, so I did a marathon. And then for some reason, I think I did like one or two marathons. I was like, what's this? Like, I started with a half Ironman, first of all, which is a terrible idea. And if anyone's like thinking about doing a triathlon, I wouldn't say start with a half Ironman. So I, I did a half Ironman. Um, which is half of the distances. Yeah. Um, and I rode like my dad's old mountain bike. Like so many <laughs> things I did were just like so wrong. You but... showed up and people were like, oh shit, she doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never swim in open water. I rode my dad's like probably 10 year old mountain bike. And then, you know, just finished it off with a little half marathon. But like, <laughs> I think it was more the process of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I knew I wasn't going to win. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be super competitive. But it was more like process of it and just knowing that, like, I would be able to finish it. Like, getting to the finish line. Something about that obviously intrigued me for a while. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> if you won, though, on your dad's 10-year-old mountain bike? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let me tell you, I made so many friends because of that, though. So many friends on the course. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure. like what are you doing? People I have <laughs> that. Like... That's good though. You're like, that's adorable. You're on your dance. Yeah. You're on your dance. Yeah. But um, for people who don't know, see, I wouldn't ordinarily know this either. Somebody else, um, oh no, I, a guy at work, he does marathon or Ironmans as well. And he said, the, mm -hmm. the, for you just dropped in there, you would never swim in open water. And for people, oh, it's God. different. I didn't know this. I, like for, for the layman yeah. who wouldn't know, um, your yeah. stroke, the stride, like everything is different. Not even... Yeah. Um, we're not talking just salt water, fresh water, even fresh water because of the tide. The, wave, the, the waves, waves, the waves, and the current. It depends on the current. You could be if you're going against yeah. the current. You're, I mean, if you're Terrible. not a fast enough swimmer, you're not even moving. But you're technically you're just, no. but you're sitting in one and spot. I've done, I've done some, and the current is so terrible; it's almost like a treadmill. Yeah. Like some oh. people can't get to the buoy because it's so terrible. Oh, they try not you. to do that, but like it does happen sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like you can't control the ocean, obviously. No. No. <laughs> so sometimes current's going the wrong way, and you're just like almost stuck there. That's life, man. That's the you just yeah. describe the story of my Literally. life. Literally, uh, my twenties, basically running in one spot. <laughs> uh, but uh, but also, doesn't your technique change too? That if you're um, in open water, he said something about the stride when you're reaching in. That uh, like, like if the waves start coming, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't have all the technical background, but yeah, depending on how you breathe and stuff too, it can definitely change that. Yeah, and sometimes depending on the water, you can't even see in the water. So uh -huh. like swimming in a straight line is a little bit harder in open water <laughs> than like you, in the pool. You, you know, people stop like, what happened to Megan? She's swimming, swimming. The water. Yeah, you swim into like freaking shoreline. Always walk. That's like, right. And you're like, what is that person doing? Doing and then they works. go on their kayaks and try to like, yeah. reel it back. Really? That would be a little disheartening too. 
uh, to like realize. So here's, and, um, I mean, I tried. I remember I, I swam when I was a kid, and I haven't swam yeah. it forever. It was and, the same time we read a book. I read a book once. <laughs> okay, I read a book once. It was while he was swimming. Ready's gonna milk the shit out of this man. Um, but uh, he's that guy, by the way. Um, so I remember swimming, trying to like me and some buddies before, like a man-made lake, little like mini dock in the middle. Let's swim out, do it. And this is, we're talking a football field away. I could, I could swim. I swam as a kid. Yeah. Try to swim out to that. And the amount of energy you expend if you don't know what you're doing. And like, if you want efic- efficiency, like the amount yeah. of energy. And I remember talking to a, a friend of mine afterwards who, who does swimming. And I'm like, I, I can't wrap around my head how you could swim yeah. that long. And he's like, you probably, it's just like weightlifting for anyone lifting. They can wrap their head around. But if you're, for instance, if your bar pass off. And you're going to expend way more energy than you're used mm-hmm. to just the bar path. Swimming, man, I was like dead after a football field. Breathing technique. Yeah. Like all those things are huge. Like if you're if you're panting too much, you're, you're, you're going to exhaust yourself. And then panic kicks in. And then you're, you know, there's a, whole bunch, a, lot more. a whole bunch of shit that goes wrong real quick. I almost died out there in a man-made lake. It was embarrassing. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Did, <laughs> did you, um, yeah, please drag me ashore and tell my I died some other way. But um did you have to like master all the technique for all three sports? Like how serious did you have to take this? Um, I mean, serious enough not to drown, but uh, <laughs> I always like didn't love the swimming part. And it was more the open water rather than the swimming. And I always like the first one when I, it was in a lake and at a pond, I don't even remember that I did. It was like panic, like immediate panic when I like went in the open water. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I spent a lot of time doing it. Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> so, it naturally yeah. for you? Like, did some of these things just somewhat came out? Or did you have to get coaching at all? Or or did you just learn how to swim as a kid and you just figured it out? Yeah, I swam as a kid. You know, yeah. I was never, like, the best swimmer. I'm definitely not built to be a swimmer. Um, but neither am I built to be a rudder. But, you know, hey. Uh, so I kind of just, like, practiced. You know what I mean? I did a lot of research. I'm kind of, like, in the strength and fitness world. So I kind of just like did my research and understood it and then kind of went from there. And when you're leading into something like this, how far out do you got to train for either an Ironman or a marathon? I mean, I was almost training year round for something, you know, just like fall or spring. It was like, how often, how many times a week would you have to, in terms of hours put into like swimming and biking and Oh, a lot. Um, I mean, it's literally like a part-time job. I probably trained like 15, 20 hours a week. That's exactly know? what my friend from work yeah. said. It turns into, yeah. by, by the peak of it, it's literally a part-time job. 20 mm-hmm. hours a week. And for anyone listening, like we're not talking, again, when we talk about like tough powerlifting sessions, you're somewhat okay. chilling at the gym. In between sets, you shoot the shit, whatever. When you're swimming, yeah. you're just swimming. For like hours. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Like, you're just running for hours. Just mm-hmm. running. 20 hours of just biking or swimming or running. Absolutely exhausting. Right. The swimming thing, too. One thing is uh, the panic sets in for a lot of people. Like you said the first time, you know, with the, going into the open water. It's not just, you know, it's different. It's that there's no sides on the pool and there's yeah. no bottom. Like there's yeah. a, there's a lot of people that will get into that and start panicking when they realize well when if they I'm really, in a boat I'm not jumping some people and, jump and, like it's and, fun. and some people just you know shit their pants because a fish might touch yeah. them you know what I mean if you've yeah. never done it like yeah. It's, yeah I grew up in the ocean like, yeah. you know like it's it's different but it's just I see people that go out there that are used to the pool love oh, swimming yeah. they go in the open water and two feet in they're like nope 
No, no. Like your mind can do crazy things during yeah. the open water. You're like in a pond and you're like looking for sharks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're just like constantly thinking of like the worst case scenario. Yeah. Well, in terms but, of in terms of these endurance sports, did you ever have moments where you hit that wall? And people hear about the wall. Oh yeah. Tell yeah, me about not not every race. Like some races, you're like, oh, that was nice. You know what I mean? Like that was pretty good. But some races, oh yeah. So I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine finishing one of these things. Go, that was that was that was, that was enjoyable. That was pretty nice. That was enjoyable. Like I'm gonna stroke out the minute I wouldn't even get to the finish line. Just face it. But I'm, yeah. if I did, I'm not gonna go. Oh, that was nice. Let's yeah. go home. Yeah. Like, oh, Fuck. Hey, I wonder what it, what's on. Netflix I've never later. seen the face of one of those people cross the finish line. Go. Oh, that was pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. They just bad. collapse. What's a, like, you hear about um, the wall and I've seen movies where people, like, you they emphasize hitting that wall. Like, yeah. have you ever seen the movie Run, Fat Boy, Run? I don't think so. Oh, God, you would like it. That's you seen it? Yep. Um, it's a really good movie. A guy, like, basically he's trying to prove himself, prove his worth, and it revolves around this marathon. He has an arch nemesis who's also going on in the marathon as well. Um, but they talk about leading up to it, what happens when you can hit the wall. So when I was reading mm-hmm. that book... He talks about this one in uh, ultra marathon runner says there are times when you hit a wall and it's such an emotional, you, it's uncontrollable. You can start yeah. crying while running tears yeah. coming down your face and it's like a panic attack slash like it's like if ever, ever anyone's ever had a panic attack and it feels horrible. It's like right. that. Like some people like, yeah. I think I hit the wall. You probably haven't, you know, if you have. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. I think I had, oh, yeah. I had anxiety. We didn't have a panic attack. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference, yeah. right? So, um, yeah. Like, maybe tell us, like, can you tell us about it any time you particularly hit a wall? Hitting the wall? Yeah. Hitting the <laughs> wall. Uh, uh, I mean, there's been a couple of times, but usually it's like that it goes from like you're almost like very rational and like you're just moving along to there's like a change yeah. it almost feels like your whole body's shutting down but at the same time you're like emotional and you're still moving yeah. like it just like your whole mindset kind of changes so it's definitely more than just physical and it's almost more mental than anything else yeah um it's really bizarre though because it, 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 then it can also like the second you finish for the most part it's like okay you know like it goes away wow eh? yeah it's well that's what yeah, you know, I don't know. It is like there was it, that one time I thought I was maybe dying, but other than that, all and that one I still think about when I sleep. Well, what, yeah. what, what happened? How'd you? What was that one time that you thought you were almost? Oh, dying? it was after an Ironman, and the Ironman actually went like really well. Um, like I felt great, finished, and then I was like, we went out to get dinner after, and say an hour later, I was just sitting at the table, and I was like oh my God, this might be it. Like, I felt like my body was just shutting down. No shit. Uh, yeah, I was wild. Yeah. I was like super nauseous. Like, could. so anyways, like luckily I had a lot of people with me and like went home. I had these like ice pit things to like put on my ice pit, laid in bed. And literally my husband, who's my boyfriend, that said the whole night, he was so nervous. He was just like staring yeah. at me and I was like sleeping, but making, I was like, ah. Like, <laughs> And like, then I woke up and I was fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it is like, um, I've heard like David Goggins go on Joe Rogan podcast and he's done like some crazy uh, ultra marathons, Ironmans, et cetera. And he talks about 
finishing up on something like that, you, and sometimes you go home, and, and for us, we're thinking, like, the worst is in the race. He went home, um, and then it hit, and he was, yeah. like, urinating, like, Coca-Cola. Like, yeah, it was, like, like bile. And his wife was like, what's the matter? What the hell's going on with you? And then he lost use of his limbs. There's no adrenaline, maybe, I don't know. And right. she had to lift him into the tub. He couldn't even get himself in the tub. And he was yeah. urinating bile on himself. He said yeah. in it, I think he even shit himself. And he was, uh, or no, he shit himself during the run. Because oh, you yeah. just keep, you're so in the zone. It's something few people ever understand where you will not stop and you made a promise. Hit a wall, keep running, come back, yeah. nothing stopping. And then in the end, when the adrenaline goes, it can get scary. Because I think almost maybe like, if you're in a zone during, you made the promise you're going to keep going. But when you stopped, maybe the reality sets in. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. And definitely, like, as you hit that wall, like, you lose all sense of, like, reality kind yeah. of. You know what I mean? So, like, to say to a normal person, like, oh, like, people that are running these long races, like, like, pee their pants, yeah. or poop their pants. People are like, I don't understand. Like, why would you stop to go to the bathroom? Yeah. It's like, you got to understand, like, they're not rational at that yeah. point in time. You know, like they have no control over their body, it is, but they're still moving. It is um, exactly what you're saying. Rational and irrational is a perfect way to put it. Uh, they describe it as like when, when the wall hits, you could, you fatigue is the same, but you're rationally handling the fatigue. And then all of a sudden you irrationally start, things start happening. People start yeah. crying. The guys, the ultra marathon runners, they have to do a marathon every day for like four weeks. And um, a couple cues. So I was reading the book just for like the mental game. Of everything, right? Um, a while ago, I did like a, uh, I attempted a Guinness World Record with weightlifting. So it was for like an hour straight of weightlifting like squats. And it had to be like 125,000 pounds or something silly. So it's going to grind me. And you're not allowed stopping. So I was reading this book for that alone. And he said there's a couple key takeaways. One of them, everything will pass. Everything, mm -hmm. including that irrational anxiety you're feeling will pass. And number two, it doesn't always get worse. Sometimes it gets better. So yeah. when, it, when it hits mile 20 and you're like for him, two weeks in, he's urinating blood and it's a four week every day, a marathon. And he started urinating right. blood two weeks in. And you're like, if this is two weeks in, oh my God, three weeks in, he's not urinating blood anymore. Right. You know, miracles happen if you just stay in the pocket. It's true. And like your body can adjust and adapt in so many ways. Like it's, it's kind of crazy to think about like your body's capable of. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what if you force it to. Yeah. You <laughs> it's just, not necessarily going to want it, but it wants to survive. So it's, it's um, like David Goggins talks about on Joe Rogan. You would be absolutely shocked what your body's capable of. But the biggest factor is going to be your brain, your mind. Yeah. You give out first. Yeah. That's why it yeah. in, intrigues the shit out of me when someone like you comes around and I look at your background, um, like in terms of like, you know, were you nervous for Raw Nationals or, or how are you prepping with Worlds? It's like, she's going to be pretty solid. <laughs> she's all right. She's all right. Like, it would be hilarious if someone's backstage, like there's MMA fighters and boxers who are like, yeah. I would never in my life want to mess with that kind of endurance. Like in terms of mental toughness and fortitude, it is that. Your body is is so much stronger. It's your mind that gives first. You know, and that's yeah. what those games are. Oh, did you end up qualifying for certain things like Boston Marathons and stuff like that? I did. I qualified for Boston. I ran Boston. I mean, at this point, it was kind of a little while ago. That's okay. Uh, that was I can't remember the year. It might have been 2012. 
That's still like that's one of some people's goals too. I just want to qualify yeah. for Boston because Boston's yeah. one of the big ones, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and what is it like when you finally cross that finish line, having like you you have the breakdowns, hitting the walls, the whole line, and when you hit that finish line, it. It's just like everything, like so many like emotions of it. It's just like all the training. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not even the race. It's like all of the training. You're just like, okay, yeah. like I did it. You know, like it's a great feeling, but it's more of like the accomplishments in the sense that you can like do anything as long as you kind of set your mind to it and yeah. go through it sequentially. Does that, like, you know? having done all this training and experienced everything you had from like hopping into a freaking lake to, and, and everything <laughs> you've done. In terms of like the mental toughness you must have had, exactly like you just said, when you take a powerlifting, is it like, I think if I if I really want it, you're not going to talk me out of it? Because in two years, you winning nationals, statistically probably shouldn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, That's I crazy. Honestly, when I went into it, I I had no idea what I was getting myself into, really. You know what I mean? Like the first meet that I showed up at, and I was like, oh maybe I'll be okay at this sport. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I've done so many other sports that I've like put in a lot of effort. I've tried really hard and I've been, you know, decent, but never like that the best, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, and I was like, maybe I'll be okay at this sport. So I was like, let me stick around and see what I can do. And that first year I actually like trained for marathon and was doing powerlifting before I finally like ended up hurting my hip running. And I was like, all right, I'll just powerlift, see what I can do. So it was kind of like the fall before I went to, so 2016, the fall of 2016, I stopped running like any sort of distance and just powerlifting. So the next year was the first year that I went to nationals. So 2017. And what, Um, but but with that kind of training mentality coming off those, I mean, to keep up a steady regimen for powerlifting, that's, it must seem a lot easier, no? Like when you looked at the training when your coach gives you the numbers and you look at, this is what I got to do. Five sets of three instead of <laughs> 20, 122 miles yeah. on a bicycle. Yeah. Like. yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, like when I first got into powerlifting, I was, yes, doing like swap hands and deadlifts. And I still do a lot of accessory stuff, but I was doing so many more accessory stuff just because I was used to working out for such long periods of time. Yeah. You know? You feel so. like, I must be sandbagging it. This can't be it. This can't yeah. be all I got to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, if I'm if I'm in and out of the gym in like an hour, I'm like, did I even work yeah, out this, today? Or did I go back later? What's you the, know? When you were knee deep into those endurance sports, did you have to tr- did you track your calories and know how much you were intaking? Um sometimes. It yeah. kind of depended. And I guess it's the same as like now. It kind of depends on like if I was training for a race where I had a really specific goal. Then yeah. I would, but if I was just training for a race that I wanted to do which I know sounds kind of ridiculous, um, but I would just be kind of more, yeah, whatever, is, you know, is, just try to eat healthy. Because has that changed from from uh, the endurance sport, the powerlifting? Because uh, I would I would think you would eat a lot more during the endurance. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the amount of calories you were burning on it must have been insane. Yeah, yeah. it must have been awesome. absolutely. Was that a huge difference for you to be like, oh shit, I'm used to just smashing whatever I want. Like I could eat pizza every night. Like it would the only. Good. Yeah. Well, that's like the whole pizza. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I was going to say, okay, you got to kill yeah. yourself to do it, but it would be amazing to just be able to eat whatever you want. Eat. Yeah. It's getting yeah, expended. Yeah. It's actually a transition after. Yeah, where you're like, what? I got to eat. Uh, like, do you track calories now that you're not doing as much? And you're like, oh, shit, you even dropped the weight class. Yeah. So I actually, my first 
my first meet, I competed as a 72. Um, I wasn't really tracking calories. I wasn't doing any running anymore. Uh, so, you know, packed on a couple pounds, competed in a powerlifting meet. Pretty what average. Whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you earned it. You earned it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, for me to be a 63, I didn't really have to track outside of, like, a couple weeks before. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to make sure I wasn't eating, like, a complete asshole yeah, you know what up. I mean yeah. uh, but to go from 63 to 57 I have to be like on top of my game and is that yeah. more difficult because um, I also um, I had some I had some chubby years myself and um, so at one <laughs> point at one point I was 220 and I cut down to floating around 190 and um, yeah. the cut the cutting when I was shrinking I felt a huge difference in terms of what I could move in the gym um, but once I was there at 190 and started reversing my calories slowly, so my metabolism, and I started eating more, but my weight stayed low. And and the more I was at that body weight and got used to it, strength came back and I was okay. But during that cutting process, there was a couple moments, you know, where you're like, does, does the strength come back? Like, <laughs> No, I know what you mean. I think in a way that I got, like, if you could ever say that I got injured at a good time. So last year I went to the Arnold and on my last pull, I ended up spraining my SI joint. So I kind of couldn't do much lifting for a while, like a couple months. And it was during that time where I thought about cutting, like making the cut to 57 and going to nationals was 57. And I knew if I was going to do that, I'd have to qualify before that. So I'd have to cut down basically as an experiment, (laughs) like a terrible experiment uh, to qualify for a run app. So I was doing it as I was kind of getting better. So I wasn't lifting that heavy Uh, when I cut down the first time. You know what? The exact same thing happened to me, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I took a back injury, couldn't squat heavy, deadlift heavy. And that was kind of what I said. So my wife um, was my macro coach. And that's when I told her because I was tinkering with it. And I was like, let's do this because I can't lift heavy anyways. Kind of like you're saying. Right. And um, I think during that period, I didn't want to supersede the numbers I'd be moving because it might discourage you anyways. So it's the perfect time. Get it done. And then you kind of reverse the macros back a little bit. Do you do you have like a macro coach? Do you do that yourself or? Um, I do myself. So I do my own nutrition. Um, and you got, yeah. yeah. As long as you got to handle it, like you obviously work. Because we all know how the story ends of 57 kilos. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right? Spoiler alert. Well, well, after the first time, the the first meet I did in July uh, to qualify for our nationals, you know, I cut down and then I still have to cut like probably two kilos of water weight like at the end. So I did it that night. Was, that meet was in the morning. So it was like an early morning meet. So I did it the night before. Like went to the sauna. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm dying. Yeah. Right? Like, and then... I don't know, like, the next morning I woke up, and I was like, all right, only got, like, another hour to weigh in. Like, I'm on weight. Like, it's going to be fine. Weighed in, and I felt great. I really didn't know how the meet was going to go, and I was just, you know, ready to go and lift enough to qualify. Yeah. But I didn't need to have my best meet ever. And I had also signed up for to do the super total meet in, uh, the weekend after. Yeah, because you, you do a lot of weightlift, Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. So I, like was like okay well I'm not gonna try to like go too heavy because I have that meet next weekend mind you I just also started working so this is all obviously this past summer I just started working with Max um Ada from Juggernaut okay and I think I was probably an insane person I'm like so by the way I also thinking I know I signed up for the super total but I'm thinking I'm gonna cut to 57 I want to do a meet the week before because it's the only one that fits in <laughs> the whole summer that's around me so he's like, and he's like uh, uh, 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, don't work that late ever. But it worked out. <laughs> How did the super, super total went well? Uh, the super total, I mean, it was the worst powerlifting hit of my life. Uh, <laughs> it went well. I won, so that was fun. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I think it was kind of a plot twist because everyone expected that I wasn't going to be able to weightlift at all. But I'm like, held my own weightlifting, yeah. you know? So... I got, I got a question for you. Have you been watching the NBC Titan Games? Oh, a little bit, yeah. Randy, no. Okay, so when I told Randy, I gave Randy your background with like all the endurance yeah. shit. Like you're obviously, that'll be mentally tough as nails. Then obviously national champion and do a lot of Olympic lifting. So Randy is trying to probably sell you on signing no, up. No, I was, I was saying like I want to know if you're watching or not because there's got to be a part of you being like the marathon, like the endurance and all that yeah. stuff. Because when you yeah. watch it, if you, like I said, Ryan doesn't watch it. So when you watch it, you see like, man, it's a, it's a fucking struggle. Like what they're doing is, yeah. is it's not just strength. It's not just endurance. It truly is a combination. Like you got to be, you'll see different people peak throughout the competition and then just get destroyed on other parts. Like, and there's some, pa- so, um, nations, I power, recognize power lifters, crossfitters. I, I recognize charity wit power lifts mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I don't know if she competes. I think so, but she lifts like a lot. Uh, Kelsey Horton yeah. and Chris Rudin. The he, he doesn't. He has a one hand. He's got part of one. Um, not, he has a bit of a hand, but he's missing fingers, etc. But I recognize those names, anyways. But there's yeah. no weight classes. You know what I mean? Right. It, so that's a factor. But but, they, ever, do, but it, they do kind of seem to match them somewhat close. Like it's not like. David and Goliath. No. There. Like, it's, there is a bit of a difference, but not, you don't usually see that monster difference. Have you thought about, Some, th- thought about? Honestly, it? I thought about applying, like, when it first came out, because, uh, well, The Rock. I mean, come on. You know? Yeah, yeah, That's hell yeah. much the whole reason That's why. Crazy, yeah. Uh, but then after watching it, I was like, ah, I really should have applied for that. So maybe next year, you know, if I get the save on, I'll be... Yeah. Send in an application, see what happens, I, you know? I think, I think you would, like, uh, I don't know, when was the apl- application sent out? A long time ago. Was it? Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, because was I, it I, remember, I remember when he started calling people at home saying, you've made it on the show and stuff like that, because I've been watching the, the thing since day one, watching the, the, the preview for it. Does it, does it, um, was it before you won Raw Nationals then? Yeah. Okay. So it was I, in the summer, like maybe last summer or something. Yeah, I think it was. I think yeah, it was, it was, late it was a while ago. Because uh, I would think... Um, since then, having won Raw Nationals, and then uh, we're about to talk about Worlds, maybe it's a bit of a segue, but uh, going to Worlds, whatever happens at Worlds, your resume could be uber beefed up since then. And then, on top of that, 10 marathons, 3 Ironmans, like... And you, I'll just slide into the Titan game. I would hope. Right? You would think, <laughs> like, if, if you're not making the cut with a resume like that, like, shit, man. Well, the maybe, change, I'll the, just... I'm going to send this video in, right? <laughs> That's like, right. my application. That's right. Like, hey, listen, here it is. This is all I need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not always the same things they do either, which is neat. You know, it's not like people can go out and train mm-hmm. for this. Like, there's yeah. certain things they do that are kind of the same. But the one I love is that one where they got to pull the poles through the, the like, the, the, the avian yeah. or whatever. Because yeah. if they get to it at the same time, watching them, like, people just grind and trying to get the other person's get it yeah. out, right? Like, that's awesome to watch. Yeah. That is true, like head to head, right there. That's where body size would help. It it doesn't, it doesn't, because sometimes you see it's 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 just willpower because you burn out. Like yeah. you got one person on one end, one person on the other. It's who has the most energy at the end of this. You were saying the one girl Charity Witt was going against. Um, she was more athletic all around, so she in those events she was sprinting ahead, and then but Charity was 
just strong. She stretches strong. Like it, we repost mm-hmm. her. She can move some serious weight. Squat four well, plates. It's, it's the end of it. At the very end of that one where she was on when you watched, and she's moving that big. Oh that yeah, big I know exactly the one you're talking about. That was about. a joke. Like the other girl's two handed, yeah. just two footed. Explain it for people listening. So, 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 so basically, what it looked like at the end was that they have a, a huge rock with a chain on it, and they got to drag it like across. A boulder, like not a rock, a, yeah, boulder. a boulder, like a hundred, <laughs> hundred meters or something like that, hundred yards or whatever, and then they got to they got to get it to the end, and that's how they win. Yeah. So they're both pretty much at that spot, and the other girl was was two handed, her feet backwards, just pulling and dragging. Like it's a truck. Yeah, like it's it's pulling the truck, yeah. and Charity just had it by one hand and just walked like she was walking her dog <laughs> to the damn thing. Like and I remember the announcers are like, "Well, they, well, they, they, they well that just happened." Well, they wanted to say it, but they they just went, "Holy, she's strong." Like, <laughs> but you could see the f bomb wanted to come yeah, over. It was holy stuff. fuck. Yeah. Holy she literally she was she's used strong. You, you could see it. She was tired. She was done. But she literally just grabbed it and walked to the thing like it was. You know, her kid or her dog just didn't want to come. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She one handed. If that's where, if you're charity, you're you're looking at the other girl like, all right, you you're pretty fit, but I got you on strength. And when it came to something like that last boulder, she's yeah. like, bitch, I got you. Yeah, is, 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 I, I got you. This is where we're gonna separate the the girls from the women right yeah. now. Yeah, but um, yeah, see, I don't watch it now. After talking to Randy, I don't. I wasn't super into it. I'd seen on Instagram um, the powerlifters that I follow. Um, posting, hey, I made it, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's pretty cool. And then when yeah. once Randy saw your bio, he's like, oh shit, and he brought it up and started. <laughs> She's a Titan Games. <laughs> she should be in Titan Games. And then he started telling me about it because I follow different sports altogether. But I mean, there's a lot of great yeah. uh, CrossFit uh, women in there too, like men yeah, and women that are in I can there. See that. And I mean, because the Titan Games kind of transitions more towards the CrossFit because of the different all the different things they do, like different mm-hmm. aspects of it and stuff, but. Just endurance and, and strength, it would be interesting because you hit that criteria, right, of, yeah. of having the both. Man, if you went, if you apply, I will repost and tag, tag Titan Games right? or whatever she, we will make a campaign. <laughs> Get her in there because I'd love for an IPF uh, lifter to be in there too. So leading it to nationals, before we get into the worlds, mm-hmm. leading it to nationals, did you have to do a big, like, what was the water cut leading into that one? So my goal for nationals was to do a little bit smaller of a water cut. I knew I was still going to have to cut water. Um, I think at competing as a 57, I'll probably always have to cut some water. Yeah. But my goal is just to cut less water, um, which happened. I probably cut like maybe like a kilo and a half or so yeah. for nationals. That's not the biggest difference was it was like the day of. You know what I mean? Like because I competed in prime time, so it was that night. So like the timing of it was different. So I was like sitting in a sauna and I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go try to squat like 300 and something pounds in two hours. And right now I feel like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of the best way I can describe it is I've thought about it as like two separate, they're totally two separate different like competitions. I There's like before weigh-in, like getting to weight and then, okay, that's over. Let's move on. It's time to compete. So it's kind of like be in it when you're in it and then like forget about it. I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in it, you know, like have a plan. Like once I weigh in and I've hit weight, like I have an exact plan for what I'm going to do in the next two hours and then it's time to compete. And like, I'll be ready after those two hours are over. That's interesting that, so we talked, I've talked about this in previous podcasts with people, how, how you feel during the cut can be, it can be terrible, but you got to, for people who haven't experienced it before, it can rattle them when they don't realize this isn't how you're going to feel in two hours. Okay. And I, we just talked about with your endurance sports, um, everything passes and how you feel now, it doesn't always get worse. Sometimes it gets better and you've probably dealt mm-hmm. with that. Another thing that, um, a lot of people, these athletes have talked about, 
where you said have a plan for those two hours is focus on what you're doing right now. You right. know, and then don't right. worry about the future yet. What are you doing right, right now? You got two hours. Pay attention. Get yourself ready. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, they get down to weight and then the um, even if they make weight, now you have to replenish. Now you have to eat. Now you have to drink. Now mm-hmm. you have to, but they just make weight and then they're kind of like, you know, they, they kill themselves to make weight and have no plan afterwards. Yeah. And that's key. Sometimes that's even more important than actually making the weight. You know what I mean? Because that can make or break your meat. Yeah. I definitely think that is something that like doing those endurance things has has helped me understand. Because obviously when you're doing those things, you're going to be in some type of a dehydrated state at some point in time. So you have to learn how to replenish like as best as you can. Obviously the difference is you're still moving in the endurance event. Whereas for this, you're replenishing within two hours to be ready to lift. But even yeah. um, it, 100%, because like I've seen even even during the day of the lift, um, st- keeping some calories going into the body. If you think about mm-hmm. it, if I told, if you tell anybody, go to the gym, but I don't want you to eat today and go in and lift some weights. Tell me how the weights moved. They move shit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess so. Right. Yeah. right? So people, but people honestly yeah. don't necessarily, you make mistakes. I'm nervous. So I'm not, I don't eat a lot when I'm nervous, but it's like, cool. Make a plan. Mm-hmm. What can you intake? Right. What calories can you intake? Like, it's important. And when you said it might be more important, like, uh, obviously, you got to make weight, but the recovery is something that's too much. It's a factor people don't talk about enough or plan around yeah. enough. Right. I feel like weight cuts get t- talked about kind of a lot, but that in between those two hours, like, what you do doesn't get talked about that much. And no. it's so important. Huge. To your performance. Huge. Yeah. And even, even after you make weight, if it's a fairly long day, like sometimes the prime times can run. If that prime time is going to, you make weight and you you don't lift, it's supposed to be two hours, now it's going to be three. Like we've seen some weird yeah. prime times. The lifting itself lasts three hours. Have you not eaten in six hours? You need some calories. Right. You know, you got to deadlift. Yeah. You got you to pull for the win. It's that final 3% that's uh, extra that's going to win it for you. So yeah, like uh, I think a lot of people, it's not said enough. A good coach would know this and like an athletic background like you got you've probably seen so many messed up situations where you're like let me let me think about this even though you're yeah. only two years in you have you have like the right. maturity of someone who's far more longer in <laughs> because of that yeah it, uh, and probably a better understanding of your body when it's exhausted yeah well exactly like just, yeah. just, just what works for you food wise like uh, beverage whatever, whatever yeah. you take in that you know how you need the calories how much you can take in digest like the whole thing like you're gonna have a pretty mm-hmm. good understanding from that many that many uh, marathons yeah you know in between attempts you're not smashing a hamburger no <laughs> I'm not <laughs> or like I was gonna say some people definitely do yeah but hey if that's what you do every yeah. day before you go to the gym you should be doing it yeah you know? that's true that's true um, yeah. If you what? don't, though, I wouldn't recommend it. No, that's not the time. <laughs> then you'll be the next person vomiting on the platform. That's you know? right. Yeah, you'll go viral. People will be talking about you if that's what you True. want. So, and that'll probably make the Titan game. You Perfect. might make the dad. You might get the rock attention. Um, yeah. So at the Nationals, did you realize, like, were you a heavy favorite to win? What was your walking in there? What were you expecting? Um, I knew that if I went and I did kind of like my job, I performed to what I knew I could do, I would have a very good chance like Mm -hmm. that I would win. Um, my goal for myself going in was to kind of just pay attention to myself and worry about what I was doing because I knew if I did that, the likelihood of winning was pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was kind of the first time I've competed 
um, like with a coach too, that like I had total, I just like threw all band and like didn't even know. I actually didn't even, right before weigh-ins, I forgot like I needed my openers. And it like wasn't even a concern because I knew, knew that Max was going to pick the right number. So I like kind of forgot about it, which sounds ridiculous. Um, but it just like went in, just focused on lifting whatever you put on the bar because I had faith that I would be able to do it. Mm. Um, it was the first time I was kind of like that and just had no say in the numbers. I didn't really want to say in the numbers. Um, and it was kind of like, obviously it went really well, but it was like the best way for me to compete and just like be in my own little bubble. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Cause some, yeah. Pe- some people to alleviate stress, they like to have the conversation with the coach to be like, Oh, absolutely. But, but some mm-hmm. people, like you said, are like, you know what? I prefer not to know. Just, you right. know, you know what I'm doing. Load yeah. it up. So I will say before, I wanted to know everything. You know what I mean? But I, I think that having trained for like six months, um, and again, kind of like building back up from I was not lifting the barbell to like slowly starting to lift more weight as I got better after like my injury um, to nationals, like every weight that kind of got thrown my training plan challenged me, but like I could do it. So it was like mm. building that trust slowly but surely. So by yeah. the time I got to nationals, I knew that if I wasn't going to make a lift, it was likely going to be on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did miss one lift. Then my la- my third squad I missed. And I was like, yeah, that was on me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, it was a technical thing. It was on me. I probably yeah. should have made that. Yeah. Because so. your coach would have, if you've been there with him long enough, he knows when you're struggling. He knows when the bar speeds off. He knows you're like, okay, we're going to have to adjust. Maybe that second was a little tougher than we thought and, and adjust. But it does help alleviate a little bit of stress. And more to the fact of, if it's a tight race, and U.S. Nationals is always going to be a tight race, um, you don't want to be calculating numbers. Well, if I hit this, no. what did she got? Oh, my yeah. God. What's a, like, right. that's not where you need to be. Right. You know? So, I actually, it's kind of funny. I'm usually pretty loose, like, warming up, like, whatever, like, joking around. Like, I just, that's how I enjoy competing. Um, and then, you know, go upstairs. Nationals is, like, upstairs with you. You're behind the platform. Like, I'm listening to music, kind of, like, bumping around, whatever. And so... Uh, I had two people. Max was back there and my husband. And they're over there like calculating numbers. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You guys yeah. do what you have to do. It's nice <laughs> they're like, yeah, to... talking yeah. to each other. I'm like, okay, It's cool. nice. But, but saying that, if you were put into that position and it was down to like, you know what I mean, one person and a couple of kilos, as much as you joke around about it, it sucks. Like sitting there and you're trying to figure oh, out and doing the calculations. Yeah. And, and then you're thinking, well, if you're okay, by yourself. okay, have they ever hit anything like oh, this? Is yeah. it possible? Like, right. And then you're getting to that point. It's like, Fuck, are they just are they just putting up numbers that are gonna screw with me or and is this a real deal? Like? At the worlds, so I've I do I've done the commentating for the last like three worlds, and there'll be some people at the world championships, if they know you're not um if you're from a nation and the nation's uh, coaches are, are like not yeah. the level of Canada, US, whatever, they'll try to bully you around by doing this. So they'll put in a big third dent. You're if you're yeah. you and your team are not like haven't been around the block and you don't know what they're doing, you're thinking, holy shit, if she gets that dead, I need this much. So I'm going to throw in this deadlift. Now, so you're going first. You go, you miss. They don't, now your your second deadlift's going forward. Her second deadlift won it and they only wanted their second deadlift. They were going to throw away that third. They had no intention of hitting the third. They knew their second was over yours. So they're like, well, she she fell for it. All you had to do is beat my second. We were never going to hit this. And they do that, but the, but but literally, I mean, being from the U.S., she has math. 
No, yeah, you know yeah what I mean? no, they're and, good. And they're that's good. what I mean. Like this, this guy, this guy has knowledge on people that I do You know, nobody's oh, ever heard yeah. of. Like his his knowledge base. When we talk to him, sometimes like, oh, this well, person. Matt will be the head, head coach of this world team. No, not no, this year. No, not this year. We're talking about Matt Gary. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, all the U.S. coaches are going to be. I think it's Ari. Yeah. Who's going to be? Yeah, I think they're yeah. they're just absolutely. They do. They have. You right. guys have dossiers on people. I I seen it. You guys, I've seen it at the worlds. You guys have like um, folders on all the lifters you'll be going against, mm-hmm. and they will yeah, have yeah, yeah. they will have the percentages that they've hit their third deadlift, yeah. percentages that they hit their third squat, and they will be like, "All right, Meg, we know she never gets a third dead. Let her put whatever she wants. We're gonna do like you know what I mean. Like they will know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. It's a whole nother ball game this time. Yeah. Well, um, when you do lifting on the platform. Do you do some kind of energy management on how much you hype yourself per lift and just ramp it up as you go? Um, not really. Um, not really. I've always, I've never been like a huge hype lifter. I'm just kind of like, I stay relatively calm. You know what I mean? As I lift. And even like when I'm warming up, I like to stay like kind of loose, relatively calm. I don't know. I've just never been like a huge hype person in general. That's confidence. Yeah. I I find Generally that's confidence. It's somebody that can stay loose because... It's like you said, you've done the lifts, you know it, and, and some of them might have been, oh, it's a struggle, but I did it. But that confidence right. of staying loose is, okay, so I'm going to do these, and this third lift is the only one I really got to, you know what I mean? These other ones should go yeah. pretty smooth. It depends on, like, it depends on the person. Because you'll have Kimberly Walford's right. confident as to come. She comes out like she's going to murder somebody. Isabel, yeah. Isabella. Isabella. So, like, it depends Isabella on. Isabella does it in training with with, with 135. Like, she chipped her tooth. She chipped her tooth too, so, yeah. so Uber. It depends on, because adrenaline, right. adrenaline can help because it's like the ultimate pre-workout. You are going to mm-hmm. lose a massive weight. There's a reason why we hear about the mother who lifted the car off her child. Uh, mm-hmm. Adrenaline hit and she, it was fight or flight. But also, you can gas out. When you use that adrenaline too much, empty the tank, and then when you yeah. have an adrenaline dump and the other person's been coasting in their lane, and you're yeah. like, oh, I don't have much come deadness. So I it think is. so, too. Like, even when you're, like, calm, you still have adrenaline. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like... It'll be there. Uh, I, yeah, it's going to be there, no matter yeah. what. You're always going to have, like, those nerves going, but it's just like, I don't want too much of them. You know, you like, know? I've tried it. It didn't work for me. So, so like, let's Ride the wave. Trip. So, yeah. you're riding that wave appropriately. So, so right. here, here's, right. a, here's a question on powerlifting versus the marathons. Is the marathons, like... You're gonna run by people or bicycle by people and see them, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Did you did you any kind of stage fright like walking up into like the people like like U.S. Nationals is a pretty big though. Like, yeah, like, yeah. U.S. Nationals is huge. That's what I'm saying. Like you walking out there and, the yes, time I, and you realize that it's not you and a hundred other race runners going down the thing and they're right. watching it's all just you. you. It's you. Yeah, right. it's you. Um, I grew up doing gymnastics for a while, so it kind of reminds me a lot of that. And in a way, I kind of just blocked it all out you know like I don't necessarily like every once in a while I'll like see someone like I recognize but I try not to like pay too much attention to what's in front of me you know what I mean um kind of just like there you know like in a good way brings in more energy but it's not something that I like it's like it's it's basically like a backdrop is what it is yeah I mean you walk out and you see it but it's just a backdrop yeah because you're just going to go out and do what you do normally does this is your husband into sports as well um he Played baseball, uh, like in college, but he lifts recreationally, but he'll never power lift. But he thinks it's like amazing. He's gotten so like yeah. into like the beast. Yeah. Uh, it is amazing. Like when you think about the weight that people yeah. are throwing on their back, you can't even really think about it or like try to visualize it until you see it. You know, when you see like 
race bought a thousand pounds, you cannot deny that yeah. that is like watch, ridiculous literally this, a miracle watching this day and age too is that it's it's still evolving it's still young like mm-hmm. the, the raw lifting is still 2013 yeah. is when it transitioned over it's still relatively that's last night basically yeah it's relatively young so i mean you're still yeah. seeing a lot of breakout stars you you things that you don't necessarily see in the olympics anymore like you see people so close tight races you get the odd one in one sport but not like this where a different weight class it's just blows like we were talking earlier yeah. like for instance yourself came in two years national champ Amanda Lawrence, mm-hmm. since nationals, what the hell is going on with this child? She is squatting like <laughs> John Hack. Like it's people come break through stars. Uh, but the reason why I was asking if your husband did, because of your 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 this, what you've done, like you could write like your autobiography can be pretty sick. Okay, um, <laughs> like, especially if you hit the Titan Games. What do you read it? <laughs> especially if you hit the Titan Games. Yeah, but it's going to start with I was on an interview at King of the Lifts. No, yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. That was a low. That was a low. That was a down point. You had to hit rock bottom, and then, and then you bounce back. That's the inspirational. But um, but like um, if for him to have seen, like I can't, I, like, you know, because you've gone through so much with the training, twenty hours mm-hmm. a week. The amount you must have right. dove in for marathons, Ironmans. I think I'm gonna try powerlifting now, honey. And then you're like national champion, world champion. It must yeah. be like. Like, he must be like, holy shit, this is crazy. Let me tell you, he's very happy that I made the switch from Iron Man to Power. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably, right? As a spectator. As a spectator, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, if he thinks, he's, like, super into it. He thinks it's really cool. Um, but it's funny. He does, like, talk to all of his friends. Like, you, do you know what I saw? Like, at the last <laughs> meeting, like, guys flying, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. these girls that are way, like, above 30 or deadlifting, like, yeah. 150 pounds. That wasn't me, but, but yeah, because that. because there's something about the sport though. Like it's it's as much as like the marathoning and it is is cool to watch and explain. Yeah. Like trying to explain or trying to explain that to somebody, it's hard to say. You know, well, it was you know this many miles and this many minutes and, and to build it. and to build some sort of hype. But somebody understands what 300 pounds is or 200 yeah. pounds or 400 pounds. You're like you're gonna rack it. So this person that's you know five feet tall that that weighs 52 kg just moved yeah. 400 pounds. They're like, holy shit. You know, yeah. like, well, like we talked about how many people will never understand what that fatigue would feel like. Like, I will never understand when you describe, like, that's why I'm fascinated when I read it. But, um, yeah. and hear David Goggins talk about, like, it's just crazy. Like, I thought I was going to die, but no, legit. Like, people say that as like a, a saying, oh, I thought I was going to die that right. day. No, no, for real, I thought I might die. Right? right? Like, it's just, yeah. it was yeah. the best yeah. day of my life. It was the worst day of my life. I will, yeah. I don't know, you know, it's just insane. But powerlifting, I can unrack a weight and be like, holy shit, you know, or, or tug on a bar and be like, holy shit. So it's a little more relatable yeah. in that sense. I was just asking in terms of, because with your husband as well, um, is it is it harder to explain to him when you're going through certain things? You must have been through some tough times where you're like, holy shit, man, I am like, this is a tough week and like understanding what your partner's going through would be very difficult. Like, I'm married. I don't understand my wife all the time. Well, you know, we're just, and we're not on the same page. You know what I mean? It must be difficult if you're not going through the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But he also, like, gets it in a weird way. And I think it's just because he, you know, played sports and, like, gets that mentality of, like, the prep or something. Yeah. Uh, like, he doesn't necessarily get it in terms of the prep for specifically powerlifting. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like... He understands in, That's like, you. the athlete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards, um, you'd be like, 
you gotta listen to this King of Lifts because I want you to know. <laughs> I want you to fucking know. You remember when you yelled at me? Right? I wasn't ready for that that week. Okay. Hey, you so many shout outs. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're just solidifying this for when you're on the Titan Games. You remember us, um, right? I want to talk about we the actually world. jokingly we jokingly say so last last year when I competed at Raw Nats like he didn't come back with me like to handle me or whatever so this year he did so we were like jokingly I'm like you're like the most successful coach in the world no shit yeah <laughs> one Nats right his, his resume's going up his resume's going up. he should offer a coach right? online. Right? 100%, 100% right there, great work. Probably <laughs> probably has as much validation as half the people I see on there. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> so looking at the world, are you like how do you are you doing Arnold's as well? I am. So I'm actually doing the weightlifting, like the American Open at the Arnold's oh, on Friday. Wow. And then I'm doing the Grand Prix on Saturday. Oh, so. shit. Has anyone done that? Yeah. I don't know. You I am, though. I don't think so. I but I could think not, don't quote me on that. I not At sure. least not probably the Grand Prix, but yeah, and that it's, it's Grand Prix specific because that's really hard to get in. You might be the yeah. first. You might be the first doing that. Are you the question you asked earlier? You and I were talking about about the Olympics. Has have they approached you? Has the Olympic team approached you and tried to scout you? Because we've had like Amanda Lawrence. Um, a couple of people came on. Uh, no, off, off the top of my head, Amanda Lawrence and the American Olympic team tried to poach them from powerlifting. Yeah, it's a little different though. That's how I originally got into it was after 2017 nationals. Um, like they basically gave me like a contact of someone that is in the USAW and then they put you in touch with like a local weightlifting coach. So that's how I started weightlifting in general. And I was weightlifting and basically doing a whole powerlifting program at the same time because I did my own powerlifting programming and but I didn't know anything about weightlifting. And my weightlifting coach didn't know anything about powerlifting. Yeah. So then um, I met Max at the last Arnold and was talking to him about doing super total. So that's when I was like, all right, I'll just like stick with both and do the super total. Um, and that's kind of like when I started doing that. Um, so. So they did. Yeah. So they did approach you. Yeah, but it's just like they're trying to get people that are athletic and strong. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I like, like, it's funny. And this is why I think I kind of like it too. Like it's so humbling to be like, okay, I can like clean and jerk and I can snatch as much weight, but like I'm so much stronger than the weight I can do that, like can clean and jerk or snatch, but yeah. I'm not technically good enough to do it yet. Like it's so humbling, you know, yeah. like, starting like even snatching like 45 kilos or clean jerking 45 kilos, I ended up on my ass so many times, yeah. which sounds ridiculous, but it's like, I'm just trying to muffle it up. Like I'm trying to use no technique whatsoever. So I think like, it's just like, it's kind of cool. The contrast between powerlifting and being strong and being really competitive for where I am right now. And then weightlifting and like being kind of on the other end of the spectrum where like I'm making all these gains like technically and like, building and growing throughout weightlifting but like i'm still such a newbie and it's like still yeah. humbling every time i try to do it and i still fail all the time you know what i mean it when, is when, when, so, you, when you first get into powerlifting was there anyone you were looking up to like who did you who did because i mean you started was mm -hmm. there was there anybody you were taking advice from any anybody you look at as like wow i want to be like them uh not initially i mean i just 
Not really. And mostly because I also wasn't really on social media. <laughs> if I was on social media, I probably would have been following and taking it, yeah. you know, like looking up to a lot of people sooner. Um, once I kind of got into it, then I mean, I was pretty much looking up to the people that everyone looks up to, but like Jen Thompson and yeah. Kim Walford and Jen Milligan, like were all people that I was like, okay, like I want to get to where they're at. Mm-hmm. Both like in their strength, but also like their mindset. Like they had this like way about them when they compete and when they train, you know, that I was like, I want to be like that type yeah. of like, you know, I, oh, 100%. I see them in like in real life and they definitely walk around. They have a different kind of vibe to them. You know, like a champion's vibe, the mm-hmm. way they carry themselves. You're like, even if you didn't know who they were, if they were in the back room, you're like, they're, they're definitely going to be a contender. Um, walking into the world championships, uh, so at the, at the Arnold, it's kind of more, mm-hmm. it's just, you, your, your world is already solidified. Like that ticket. You punched your ticket, you're going to the world championships. Mm-hmm. Going at the worlds, who is your major competitors and what are you anticipating? Because this is, in terms of... Um, you know, any sport to go from just starting to a world championship in two years is fuck. That's crazy fast. Do you feel it like you're crazy. drinking? <laughs> do you feel like you're drinking from a water hose? Like holy shit! No, it's kind of cool. Yeah. you know, like it's fun. Why not? Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I haven't like looked yet, like down the road that far yet, and. I'm kind of taking the same approach, like, of I'm just going to focus. And I feel this way, like, with powerlifting, yes, there's some strategy, but there's also a limit to what you can do. So I have to make sure that when I show up on that day, like, I'm as good as I can be on that day and that I compete that way. You know, so, like, I'm making sure all my training goes right. I'm making sure, like, from here to June, like, my nutrition's on track, my training's on track, so that when I show up, I can compete to, like, my abilities. Mm -hmm. But, yes, I will start to stalk other people in my weight class as we approach. it's hard not to isn't it it's like it's like um sometimes you'll see things like oh god i wish you didn't see that well i can't yeah. unsee, i can't I, see that fucking triple she just hit oh my god but other times you'll look and it's like all right oh okay i can deal with this but it's the deceiving part is people only show their highlights and when and they they say comparison is never a good idea when you're going to compare your background you're unedited because you see everything to someone else's highlights and you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And even like, um, like you were saying, like they have like the things with how many deadlifts, like third attempts, two minutes or whatever. Like it's true. Like some people aren't great competitors. Like they train really well in the gym, but then they don't compete well. You can psych yourself out knowing that someone just hit a huge number in the gym, but they may never hit that in the meet. You know what I mean? Um, I see it all the time. You just, like, got to take everything with a grain of salt, you know? So, like, usually, I mean, not from wood, but my training usually aligns, like, relatively well with my meets. But, like, for a lot of people, some people, it doesn't in both ways. Some people outperform their training in the gym, and some people underperform their training. Yeah, we've we've talked about a lot. We've talked about a lot. Some people leave it in the gym, but the other thing is some people are just way the the fuck out of their weight class. You know what I mean? Like they're coming yeah. through. Oh, they're, yes, they're, they're 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 eating like champs, big and strong, and then Six, they're sixty-three kilo girls. And when they hit the platform, they're not the same person. No, they're well, really that's good. why I cut down to fifty-seven. So yeah. the first year I competed sixty-three, and I went to Ron Ab's first one, competed at sixty-three, weighing at like sixty, and I show up and I was like, I'm so small compared yeah, yeah, to yeah. everyone here. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah, you I'm know. And that's when I started to, like, the wheels started rolling. Like, maybe I should try to cut to 57. Yeah. 
And, and there'll be some wow. girls, though, who are they're 57 kilo lifters, but when they're in the gym training, they are much bigger. And that wa- they'll do a drastic water cut. And yeah. I mean, sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. And the, whatever yeah. they did in training, it's not going to feel the same for them. Fly to Sweden, cutting 10 right. pounds of water, you know, and right. you cut in right. a Swedish hotel. Now tell me how you feel. And you haven't right. done that ever before in your life. Whereas yourself, smaller cut, the variables are smaller. You're more on par with, like you said, Din and Jim. So it's, it's, I don't know if I like looking at other people's videos or not. Right. I don't know. It's like good and bad. Like yes. You just have to know, like, it could be like that, but it could not be like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that's, and you know, the good part about coming from the U.S., and we said, can't stress enough, uh, U.S., Canada, there's a couple of European nations, they will do this research. Like when Matt Gary was the head and Susie Gary were the heads of the U.S. national teams, we had them on the podcast several times, the amount of research they do, they look up your roster and they look up everybody and crunch the numbers and they look at like their best numbers, whatever. So you don't really have to, right? They even, they even, don't even look at their social media and track how far off the weight class they are. And like they, they, I remember, I know, I remember saying to Matt, you should go work for the FBI. Yeah. Like it was insane. Like when he went into detail about it, I was sitting there just at home and I'm like, wow, like you guys are the big brother. They write stats. This is, this is is insane what they know. So you, so if like at the national, so your competitor had a banana on Tuesday. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's insane. When they eat a banana, they're good. Yes. She's been fighting with her boyfriend. I found out. Yeah. And they're like, what? But, um, no. So going into nationals, you got to do this yourself. But the very least, going on the American team, you could like lay back and be like, oh, I'm just going to, you'll have a meeting with the U.S. team and they'll be like, mm-hmm. these are what we think you got to do. You do hit, you hit that and you're probably going to, you're good. I mean, I can't wait to like, now that I've interviewed you, like do the commentary at the world championship. <laughs> I love knowing people. Then you like, yeah, you know yeah, them yeah. better. You like, you could, and right. I can pull in facts and shit, uh, which yeah. is always better too, because when you got like openers, for all three lifts, you know, it's not as entertaining. You got, you need something to talk about. Oh, powerlifting's dry as shit to watch, man. Unless you, unless, listen, <sighs> listen, unless, unless you are a true competitor, like unless you're, you're, you're a believer or you have stake in it, like a, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, kid, something, you know what I mean? Like they're staking it, but all I'm saying is it's gotten a lot better over the years. Yeah. Commentation, you know, it makes it, mm-hmm. there's people, it is, it's people that bring the sport out, but yeah. when you sit down just to watch and it's people you don't know, weight classes you're not really involved in, stuff like that, sometimes it just kind of, yeah. it drags, like, it it kills me if someone just sets up a static camera, no commentary, no, no slow-mo playback, no angles, and just, that's not going to get us anywhere, yeah. but the, the IPF drop big coin, fly people from around the world, and, um, and put together like a for real it looks like you're watching ESPN that's what I'm saying you're getting multi-views yeah. it's, it's evolved Slow I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's horrible to watch anymore but sometimes like, like I said you watch mostly probably people in your weight class standouts but I mean other than that it's not you're not really into right. the it's one of those things you don't really watch other people. It's it's hard to weight class up, weight class down. Depends, pence. Standouts. You're gonna watch those people that perform, but it gets boring yeah. after a while. Like some of the, some of the things some of the some of the international lifters you see some true competition competition breeds you watch yeah, yeah but then the thing is is that some of them times it's like people that are just shouldn't have gone yeah it's got to be competitive do you watch powerlifting yeah, yeah. since I've started powerlifting yeah, I didn't really true. watch it before I didn't even know it was a thing before yeah that's true that's fair enough but, that's fair enough but um listen we've had you for it's been about an hour and a half right now is there just for anyone listening 
Um, I got one question before I let you go to that I always ask everybody, but I'll wait till afterwards. Okay. So two things. Um, is there anybody you want to thank while we have you on? Sponsors, coaches. Yeah. Question. Oh, well, thank you guys for having me on. First Thanks for coming on. It's been a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, geez, I don't know. That's a big question. Now I definitely want to thank like in general, like my husband and my family for supporting me because this is powerlifting kind of crazy guys. Don't know if you've been to meets, but yep. they're kind of crazy. Um, and then also like Max is my coach from Juggernaut and he's phenomenal. Um, and then also, uh, Squat to Death is one of my sponsors in FDD too, which is cool. And they're great as well. So and, um, it's honestly one of the best thing is like, it's really cool to like to have like a team behind you. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's not a team sport, but you still feel like you have a team behind you. 100%. People, when they hear it's an individual sport, don't realize how much of a team helps. I don't think mm-hmm. if you're not in it, if you're in it, you get it for sure. But if you're not yeah. in it, you don't realize now when you have, you train with the right people, coaching, or some people have to do mm-hmm. macros, or when you fly to Sweden, and we can't stress enough, when you got the U.S. national team behind you, you'll feel it. They, you will yeah. even rate to weight cutting. They'll be at night. What's your body weight at? Are you good? If you have a big bad cut, they'll come into yeah. your, they'll come into your hotel room and they'll help you out. Like right. it's a team, you know. And then it's one person, crazy. yeah, it's like nuts. yeah, one person gets on the platform, but it's, a, it's not an army. how you get there. No, it's know? an army. Um, also, if people want to follow your journey, um, where do they find you at? I'm most active on Instagram, and my Instagram is at MegScanLift. So, like, MegScan, like my name, and then Lift. Or MegScanLift. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> you like that? see what you did there. Nice and done. And last question. You're kind of only getting started here. We're two years deep, so God knows mm-hmm. what you're going to be doing in four or five years. Let's say all is said and done. And you're looking back on your career, your whole athletic career, for that matter. How do you want to be remembered? Good question. Uh, <laughs> I don't, well, I think two things. One is that, like, whether I'm going to be at the top or not, that I'm a competitor and that I'm going to work hard for it. But the other one is just that whatever I'm doing, like, I'm in it and I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm, I compete because I'm truly having a good time on the platform. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like... It's fun for me. And that's why I used to do Ironman. It used to be fun and enjoyable for me. And I got to a point where it wasn't. But I definitely want to be remembered as like someone that enjoyed competing and enjoyed powerlifting in the sport. Enjoy the ride. Just keep riding that wave. It's taking you right to the world so far. So good, right? Listen, thanks for coming on. Um, I mean, you got a great energy to you. Good luck in your training for the Arnolds. We're going to be watching. And um, we'll probably see you in Sweden. Well, I'm going to see you in Sweden because I'll be commentating. So good luck. We'd love to have you back on also. Yeah, you got, you have over Thank you, guys. No, I just want to say thanks. Okay. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, Megan. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Good luck in training. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love high energy. Yeah, I love the uh, athletic backgrounds. Like, um, like, it's interesting. I like asking that question because um, powerlifting is one of those sports we take all walk of life. Like, we, you... We're, we we have it all, you know what I mean, in terms of the athletic backgrounds. It's, it would, uh, we've, we've heard it all. Yeah, football, baseball. Um, like Sean, we've had some high-end baseball players, wrestlers. We've seen a lot of that. Like yeah, Chris, wasn't, sorry, wasn't Trump, Ray All-State or something like that? He was, I thought he was. Football? Yeah. Uh, football, for sure, the big boys. But a lot of like wrestlers like Charlie Dixon and uh, yep. there's John Hack used to wrestle. And then from, um, you know, endurance sports, 
off the top of your head, you wouldn't think uh, direct parallel because endurance is going to bring down strength, but just in, in terms of like the mental fortitude and loving, <laughs> liking the grind, but it, it embracing on, the grind. But, but I think that that endurance also depends on how long you've been doing it. Like if you're in your forties and the endurance, like there's a, there's a thing to it that training grind you're used to your whole life. You'll probably yeah. transition fairly well from it. Yeah. Just um, at that age, the muscle mass putting it on would be a little bit harder. But as as you know, she's. She was in her twenties when she did it. That's what I'm saying. So, it's not, so I mean, transitioning over and and uh... well, the one, even 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 more like crazy for me, uh, James Strickland, who's pushing, he's in the late two hundreds. He's pushing three hundred pounds, chasing a seven hundred pound bench press. Was a, a nationally ranked swimmer. A nationally ranked swimmer. Eddie Hall was a nationally ranked swimmer. Yeah. And um, it's just backgrounds like that that are, and we we got into swimming with him and, and him going up to big national meets and like, look, swimming in the U.S., we're talking Michael Phelps, we're talking like this, like, it's uber competitive. Yeah. We're not talking nationally ranked from Norway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to me where some of these guys come from, girls come from, and I think the, the drive, the but passion. You, but I'll tell you something, those swimmers, I mean, you look at this, like, you look at Olympic swimmers. They're fucking big, man. Like they're they're. I'm not saying they're massive men, but I yeah. mean, like they are like usually big backs. You know, like the, their body structure is. They're a good size. It, here's another, here's I think what I think is the most important for for athletes like that. A, they're coachable. Uh, to get that far, they're coachable. They know how to train and they know their body. Like you had said earlier, where you know when you're pushing too hard, when you got to pull back, when you're not pushing enough, you know your limits and. You know, powerlifting, how many times guys or girls leave their best in the gym, etc. Much more honed in on how certain things feel. She also said she had a gymnastic background, which is which is what you just said, being honed in, is is, is that uh, finding the way to, to, to recruit muscles. Like, there's certain mm-hmm. things, because, I mean, it's gymnastics is all sorts of everything. Yeah. So, so You know your levers. Yeah, you know your levers, and it's just, it's uh, flexibility. It's all yeah. kinds of good things. Like, yeah. Well, she sounds like she's been... Competitive in the sports, like her whole flip. Well, she said she had two older she's brothers. She, in that bio, she said that she had two older brothers, and she just basically. We didn't even talk. I didn't even get the talk. So she, she basically she's kind of mentioned it there, but she said she had two older brothers. But what it said in there was she just wanted to hang out with them. Yeah. So she had to be, you know, she had to be that person that could do sports and do all those things. Yeah. Otherwise, they would, you know, probably leave her at home. I, I, because look, an hour and a half flew by right there, right? Like we were, we were on a roll there. Um, that's 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 okay. We can hit it up when we have it all next time. But I'm wondering. What do, were her brothers athletic like this? Like, were they, was there sibling rivalry? Was there, like, I'm interested. You know, I, well, here's the thing about it is, uh, like you said, she'll probably do a biography and you'll get to read your second book. <laughs> you fucking guy. You couldn't, you, you fucking guy. Just remember, jokes are all about timing and that yeah, was perfect for that Yo, <laughs> shit, man. Just milk, you milked every last, right to the very, save the best for last, eh? And know. on that, we will end it. Um, thank you for listening. And here is proof pudding why you got to listen to these podcasts. Um, you know, you, you'll see her on the platform and, all right, she's strong. You got no idea. Some of these lifters have just phenomenal stories. And they deserve to get told, you know. And, and some people take for granted, well, she started lifting two years ago. I've been lifting two years. Why am I not there? Well, she's also an incredibly gifted, incredibly great driven athlete and a lot of these people have backgrounds that'll just blow your mind and um so by all means take these put them in your ig stories post them up in your instagrams and 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 the facebooks and let people know give us high ratings 
not just for us, but because the athletes we bring on each and every week deserve the exposure. You know, she deserves the exposure. She deserves to be on Titan Games, and she deserves to get some support and some sponsorships. All of our athletes do. You know, it's just a weekly thing. So thank you for tuning in. I got one more thing. Vote Jen Thompson. Yeah. Because powerlifting deserves it. Yes. Vote for Jen Thompson, goddammit. I'm about to do, um, tomorrow I'm actually going to do a single one-off little rant about that. Yeah. Because I got something to say. So let's not, let's hold that. Hold that thought. But I got something. I'm going to hop on here. You can, you can do your rant. I'm just saying vote Jen Thompson. Okay. And the next time any powerlifter comes up, vote them. Because, Both of them. because the sport deserves it. I'm going to cut into why and some people's attitudes on well, who gives a shit and well, how does this help me. And uh, that drives me fucking crazy. But I'm going to get into that because I'll be here for another half hour and it'll be a two-hour podcast. And be like, hey, bro. Uh, but anyways, well, there you go. There's a preview for the next one. So until next time, six-pack lap it at. It was nice talking to you all again. And Randy will be back. Peace.